Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Good. Thanks for the invite as always. You bet. So uh, I was just telling Wes, we've got whatever the highway is between Baton Rouge and, and uh, Fayetteville, we need to cut that off. We're going to have to put a roadblock up because uh, had a couple of players head down that way recently. The least shocking news of the week was that uh, Greg Brooks Jr. was going to join Joe Fouché down there. So I don't think any of us were surprised by that. So the question becomes, uh, why is LSU in a position where they need to get Arkansas defensive backs? I never thought I'd live long enough to see the day, Matt. Right. Um, because that Ogeron mismanaged this roster. and When he walked out the door, he left them with about 38 active scholarship players for the bowl game. Mm. Um, they don't need just defensive backs. They need players at literally every position on the field. So specifically with Brooks and Fouché, you're looking at guys that are Louisiana guys that um, maybe didn't have committable offers from LSU, but it's an opportunity to come home. And for a lot of guys that need something, I'll give Brian Kelly a a lot of credit. He has uh, assembled a staff that is deeply rooted in this state and they know how how to work the connections in this state to get players here or from here to want to be here. But, I mean, Justin answered the question, man. It's just, it's flatly, Ed Ogeron left this roster so depleted. If you follow one of the transfer portal Twitter accounts, I mean, every day, every day, players from schools all over the country are tweeting about LSU offers because, I mean, Brian Kelly's got to throw out transfer offers like Marty Grubb beats off a float, just like the <laughs> Oprah gift. You, you get an offer, you get an offer, you get, like, everybody gets an offer, man. It's just, they, 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 they need players. They don't have enough players. How many can they sign? Because I thought you could only get you know your, your recruiting class and then up to seven more scholarships if you have guys transferring out, which I'm sure LSU's had more than seven transfer, but right. how many can they get? Oh, so that, yeah, that's it. So 32, it would yeah. be the 25, and then the seven you know, over, the one-for-one, one, uh, seven over, so they could sign 32. But in the early signing period, they only signed 13 players. Oh, wow. You know, the, the key was – Look, Ed was fired midseason, and so they didn't allow, or they didn't allow any official visits. So when Brian, because they wanted obviously to save those for the new staff, so when Brian Kelly got the job, his immediate focus, you know, ten days before the signing period was get the guys already committed in this class to sign. So that was the focus. So it was thirteen kids. So now you've got basically the the remainder of that class plus the transfers which they're pushing for towards February. So that's, I mean, they've already gotten five commitments from transfer, so they're up to 18 in this class. Hmm. I mean, they, they can still sign 14, 14 more guys. Wow. It's like, and, and guys, like, they have to. I mean, they were so, depl- I don't think people understand how bad. I mean, 85, you can have 85 scholarship players. They were at 38. I mean, it's stunning just the gross negligence that Ed Ogeron had putting this roster hmm. together. What? What kind of role do you see for Fouché and Brooks? Are, are they starters for LSU? So I'm really interested to see that. You see, Fouché is, and you guys tell me if I'm wrong, but he played safety the majority of his career at Arkansas. Entire. I don't. I, I don't know if he can be a corner. No, um, no, he's not fast. He's not fast enough to be a safety. Oh. Right. So, well, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, but that's but that's kind of point. Like LSU actually has numbers at safety, which is a little. Strange. I mean, both starters, Major Burns, Jay Ward, they're back. <laughs> Excuse me. 
and then they they've recruited depth there, and they've got numbers. So that's a little curious. Where they what they desperately need is corners, guys. They have two scholarship cornerbacks on the roster right now, mm-hmm. two, and it's two names that you you would not even if I like if I spell them say you would not know these two players. They haven't, they haven't played anything at all of significance. It's it's Demarius McGee and Radarius Jones. Those are the only two scholarship cornerbacks. So. Uh, can Brooks come in and play? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I mean, <laughs> I mean, but they're not done. They signed two cornerbacks out of high school in, in, in December. They're going to add more, but I, I think Brooks probably has a better chance of playing immediately uh, over over Fouché. Talking about Moscona down in Baton Rouge, getting ready for the weekend, and also talking about some of the goings on this last week or so. Um, let's shift to basketball, if we might, and then Wes. I'm sorry if you want to wheel back to football. I apologize, but um, Arkansas got its best win of the year, I guess, against a really bad Missouri team. Is that? Yeah, no, I wouldn't say best. Well, it was our first conference win of the year. Yes, can we agree with that? Yes. Arkansas got its first conference win of the year this last uh, outing against Missouri, a really bad Missouri team, and we all know that LSU is coming off a road win at Florida. Um, what has stood out to you? We've talked a lot about the defensive prowess. What what's has stood out to you about the LSU game uh, team rather so far, Matt? Well, that's it. I mean, it, guys, I, I've never – this is not hyperbole. Never's I mean, a big word now. I, in the most literal sense, okay. I mean this. And I'm not, I'm not one to speak in absolutes. I have never seen a team so drastically alter their approach one year to the next. Last year, LSU was top five in the country in offense. They were top five in field goal percentage. They scored 86 a game, and they didn't guard a soul. (laughs) I mean, it was like meltdown in these parts because LSU just refused to defend. They had great offensive players. Cam Thomas could get a shot. Trenton Watford is playing right now as a rookie for the Blazers. I mean, they had dudes that could score, but they had no willing defenders. Guys, this team defensively is unbelievable. They they press the ball. They will full-court press you. It's not exactly 40 minutes to hell. I mean, don't think that. But, it's, but they have length. They have size. They have rim protectors. They have guys in their front court. They have backcourt defenders that will in- intercept passing lanes. I mean, they, they're not great in the half-court offensively. They score in transition. They score off of turnovers. They score at the free throw line, based, you know, pressuring the, you know, finishing at the rim. It's, it is an astonishing about face. Whatever you thought of LSU a year ago or the year before, flush it because this is a completely different team. It's, I've just never seen anything like it. Offensively, how are they? They're okay. They don't, they don't shoot, Wes. That, like, that's the problem. They don't have great jump shooters. There's not a guy that you that's going to shoot 45% from three. There's just that sharpshooter isn't on this team. They don't have guys that can create offense. The best player on the team is Tari Eason, but he is very right-handed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, he's he's going to be a first-round draft pick uh, because he, he's 6'8", he can sky, he is a an elite defender, and he is coming along offensively, but he doesn't use his left-hand ever. So he's a little predictable. Um Darius Days, who's been around forever, I'm sure you guys know that name. Mm-hmm. Um, he's moved inside to out, so he's kind of more a guy that's going to, you know, selectively take good threes and rebound the basketball. But they're they're just not a great half court offensive team. They are going to pressure the ball defensively, and they're going to score in transition, and they're going to score the free throw line. They just 
You're not going to see mid-range jumpers. You're going to see transition dunks, and you're going to see hopefully good shot selection from the three-point line, which would lead to a nice percentage. When they get in trouble, like when they lost to Auburn, is when they could not penetrate the basketball and they just kept settling for, for threes. They attempted 33 points. I think they were 9 of 29 or something like that, or 7 of 29 or something like that in the game. And, and that's a recipe for a disaster for this team. First team to 60 wins this game. I'm done. Yeah, I mean, this it sounds like a great matchup for Arkansas defensively. You know, Arkansas's problem defensively is they're they're not quick enough to stop some of these dribble penetrators. And if if LSU doesn't have those guys, Arkansas can get after you just like they did Missouri. Missouri mm-hmm. that was their problem. They didn't have anybody who could drive drive to the basket, penetrate. You know, get somebody else open. Uh, these two teams are going to get after each other defensively. It's going to be an ugly game. It's not going to be fun to watch. But, yeah, first team to 60 wins this game. You saw Colin Castleton had some success scoring against LSU. Yeah. Does Arkansas have anybody, you think, that could replicate that? So you guys would have, to, would have to tell me that more. Like, I'll tell you this, and this is definitely worth watching, okay? A, so Efton Reed is a five-star center. He's 6'11", 220. Um, he is athletic, and he is a guy that is going to play a long time in the NBA. But... <clears throat> At, in the pre-conference schedule, he was dominant. When he's gotten into conference play and faced some of these experienced SEC bigs, mm-hmm. if you know, if it was you know, look Kessler at Auburn had 11 blocks, um, Sheeway got into, from Kentucky got into some foul trouble. You mentioned Colin Castleton. Efton Reed played 13 minutes against against Florida, fouled out. Um, he has not been able to physically handle elite veteran SEC big men yet. I think that's a guy that if you look in four weeks from now is going to be a vastly different player than he is today. But he's getting he is getting on-the-job training right mm-hmm. now of what it's like to be a big man in the SEC. Um, the good news for LSU is they have depth. And they got Sharif O'Neal at Shaq's son. He had been battling a foot injury. He made a season debut against uh, Florida this past week. Um, they've, they've got a deep bench. They can run nine at you. Uh, but that's a, that is a matchup to watch to see if Arkansas can get Efton Reed into foul trouble because it has happened in every SEC game so far this year. Matt, I'm curious, the uh, the night of the Texas Bowl, there was also the big basketball game. What, what had more interest uh, for LSU fans, and what had more talk the next day for you? No, it was the it was the Kentucky basketball game. Um, it mainly, guys, because it was, it was Kentucky, and that's always going to be a big thing here. But honestly, with respect to football, everyone here, when Ed got fired, punted the football season. Mm-hmm. It, it was no longer about the 2021 football team. It was about who's the next coach going to be, what's, who's going to be the OCDC, how are they going to fill out the, the roster, the staff, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, the Texas Bowl was embarrassing to watch. They should have never played that game. But, um, but no, it was – it was the basketball game for for all the var- all those variables. So Brian Kelly, uh, you know, we've all heard the, the fake accent. Hmm. Has he gotten over that down there? Did, did people even care, or uh, LSU fans? What was kind of the reaction with Brian Kelly and oh, what he did? He's man, he's our guy down here now, man. They're defending him to the hmm. you know, okay. to the end of time. I mean, he's the LSU coach. So yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, listen, I'll tell you all this, man. I. I don't know if Brian Kelly just like pissed off everybody in the national media over 12 years of Notre Dame. I, I don't know. I don't. I met him once at the at the press conference. I've not had a conversation with him since. So I, I can't tell you. It would be disingenuous for me to tell you that I know him or anything like that. Um, 
But man, the and then it, during during the broadcast of the Texas Bowl, did y'all hear where he said like the boss? He's like boss. Yeah, I'm from Boston. We don't have accents. Yeah, like that was such an obvious joke. He was in a booth with uh, Matt Hasselbeck, who went to BC. He was a Boston guy, and even at the end of the interview, Brian Kelly says like, "You can't make fun of me for mine. You got an accent too." Like so many people took that and ran with it. It's he's become an easy target, and I don't know if that's because of the awkward dancing thing with Walker Howard or or just maybe the maybe leaving Notre Dame while they're potentially in, in a playoff push. I, I I don't know. I just I don't know enough about Brian Kelly's relationship with the national media. But boy, he he sure became a target. But people here defended him because he's. He's their guy here now. They joke about executing his uh, his players as yeah, well. Right. Again, it fell on horribly, Here's the thing. Horrible, horrible execution of well, a joke. Matt, some guys aren't funny, and they're not perceived right. as funny, so when they try to tell a joke, it does not. It falls flat. That's the thing. So yeah. you should probably stick there to is, being a really good coach and stuff. I would say I completely agree. And it obviously wasn't funny, and his delivery is poor. But I would say, while that is very true, you can also tell when he was trying to tell it. Yes. Like you can do the blah, no. blah, like okay, it fell flat. But some people like was were taking him <laughs> like wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. People, of course, Boston needs that an accent. What are we doing here? People need to spend a little more intimate time with their loved one, and that's my PC a way of playing saying what you know I'm saying, and they need to relax a bit. So you know whatever it is that you do to back off and calm down. Yeah, I don't think jumping on Brian Kelly over stuff like that is really reasonable. You know, Notre Dame fans are unreasonable yes. and unrealistic, and they the didn't Michigan treat fan. him very well. A lot of their people didn't like him. Mm-hmm. All he did was win, get to the playoff twice with pretty mediocre talent. I think he did a good job there. And what they're going to face with Marcus Freeman coming in with no on-the-job training, I think in a couple of years they're going to wish they had Kelly back. Mm. It's It'll be interesting, I think. Look, we even saw in the bowl game with Marcus Freeman. I mean, he, he had a pretty significant gap at the end of each half, mm. um, not trying to score at the end of the first half, and then um, you know, not punting mm-hmm. with two minutes to go and three timeouts. He basically gave Oklahoma State the field goal, which ended up being the margin. So uh, there, there's going to be some of that. I don't think there's any question. Yeah, even people who uh, you know consider soccer football can realize that Brian Kelly's a huge upgrade at LSU, I think, so. That's uh, that's kind of a (laughs) no-brainer. Matt, have a great weekend. Thank you for the time. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. We'll see you. See you, Take care.